Good evening and welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast, brought to you by the Freedom's Path Recovery Society. We are not affiliated with any 12-step fellowship, nor do we wish to propose only one solution. We understand how different solutions can greatly increase an individual's chance of survival. We hope to illuminate some of the recovery process by sharing as many human stories as we can. Why, you might ask, to show that we can and do build stable lives from a former state of chaos, desperation, and hopelessness. Our stories become our strength. Please remember that any and all opinions shared and heard are those of the individuals and not a reflection of Freedom's Path Recovery Society or any other entity. So regardless of how crappy or wonderful our opinions might be to you, they still remain opinions, nothing more. You might hear swearing adult themes and situations, as well as the tragedies humans face and walk through every day. It is not suitable for children unless they are accompanied by a parent or guardian or have the explicit permission of those individuals. Uh, tonight's guest is Carly Poitra. Yes. And I'm so grateful to have her here. First of all, I don't know her, you very well, but what I do know of you um, is pretty awesome. Like you guys actually took a chance and had me as your photographer for your wedding. <laughs> and the funny story about that is, and I'll tell the story later on, um, but uh, it, it's actually, I, for the longest time since your wedding, until I talked to you and your husband, like maybe three months ago or mm-hmm. whatever it was, I thought you hated the pictures <laughs> because they didn't say a word about them. <laughs> and I was like, and because I was, I've never been a photographer and I haven't even tried until this last year. I wasn't going to ask. <laughs> no, they were amazing. They were truly amazing. <laughs> well, thank you bad. for that. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. So you start wherever you want to start. What would you like to tell everyone out there first? And remember, everyone out there is like all five of my family members. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe your husband probably. Right. Um, I guess I just want to express to everyone how important it is to reach out, to mm-hmm. get out there and to get help if you need it, uh, because it truly changes lives changed mine so I'm so, grateful I did it yeah and I am too I'm, I don't want to put you on the spot but I kind of did by not leading into it a little better um, I don't also want to dime you out I know that you are in recovery mm-hmm. I can say that mm-hmm. yeah so um, it's and you, everyone's story is a little bit different and everyone's story can help people that someone else might not be able to help mm-hmm. uh, and so I'm hoping that you'll tell us what your story is and you can start at the end and go to the beginning, or you can start at the beginning and go to the end. It's totally up to you. I think it's probably easier to go from the beginning. <laughs> it depends on how your brain works. Yeah, Mine's broken, so it goes middle, ending, <laughs> beginning, middle, and then like somewhere in between middle and ending. Yeah, I, I'm hoping that I don't, you know, veer to all different sides here today. But, uh, but I think the best place for me to start is is probably at the beginning, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, um. I actually grew up in a really loving household. I was extremely fortunate to have, you know, two parents who loved and supported any person or anything that I wanted to be or do. Um, My dad is what I would classify as an alcoholic. However, he never self-labeled himself as an alcoholic, but uh, he did drink quite a bit uh, throughout my my whole life. Um, my mom, on the other hand, was the polar opposite. She didn't drink at all. Mm-hmm. She, I, I think maybe once I saw my mom drunk my entire childhood. So um, I kind of had, you know, a little bit of both sides of things, the the good and the bad, uh, so to say. Um, I didn't, uh, my first kind of episode, I guess, uh, with alcohol. Um, I have two sisters. I have a younger one and an older one. So I'm kind of the middle one. Uh, the older one was, you know, a little bit, more of the goody goody, if I could say that. She never really did anything wrong. Uh, oh, so I she broke was like my me. parents. Yeah, she was like me. Okay. I broke my parents in for the younger one, so nice. <laughs> I was I was the girl that you know my little sister pretty much could do anything she wanted by the time she was uh, you know in her teens and stuff because there wasn't really much my parents hadn't seen at that point. Um, <laughs> so I guess my first uh, run in with alcohol, I was about fourteen years old. Uh, I was drinking a big bear, you know, back in the day out of the brown bag and all. <laughs> oh, even brown bag. Yeah. Nicely done. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, I was drinking with some people who were a little bit older than me, um, me and a girlfriend of mine. And uh, all I remember was 
I, I remember very little about the night, but I do know uh, that I was sexually taken advantage of. Mm. So I don't recall call necessarily whether I was down for it. I don't think I was, but um, I know that it was a very painful experience the next day. Oh, so, geez. and kind of from what I experienced from that. So that was enough to make me not really want to experience with alcohol at all mm-hmm. after that. Yeah. Uh, however, that didn't stop me from, you know, smoking a joint here and there. So, uh, but as far as alcohol was concerned, I didn't really get back into drinking until I was, you know, able to go to the bar it wasn't yeah. uh, I might have had a a couple drinks um, prior to that at like a girlfriend's house for Christmas or mom would pour wine and you know little things like that um, I would go out a lot to a to a bar that I'm not gonna name um, underaged um, with a bunch of my friends on, on Boston pizza needs to start checking their IDs oh my right? gosh it was Sunset Vine <laughs> was it oh okay it wasn't Boston pizza no Sorry, I was, was just kidding it was way back in the day and uh, I, I think it's a lot different now but back then yeah. I mean we were 16 and I think I took my little sister for her 15th birthday uh, wow. there and they were serving her alcohol so Oof. I mean it was I think it was a little bit of different times back then too mm. and um, so that again was kind of enough to keep me away from it for quite a while. Uh, my parents, after I grew up in Calgary in the Northeast, Marble Park. Represent. Right? <laughs> uh, that was rough. Um, yeah. I was just a, a rough group of people, a rough crowd. And then my parents, when I w- came into grade 10, moved out to Chestmere, which, mm. you know, all, all the kids there were kind of, you know, fed with a silver spoon and you know 16th birthday they're getting brand new mustangs and so i never really felt like i fit in there Mm -hmm. very much um i had to make all new friends uh prior to that living in calgary i went to school with all the same people throughout pretty much my whole life so it was a very different change there was a lot of things that i had to do to try to fit in and and i eventually just um Gave up on that. And I was kind of the girl that was a little bit of friends with everybody. So I had friends from all types of groups. And, you know, I always got a lot of slack for that. But I, I'm the type of person who judges people from my own account and not from others. Mm-hmm. And um, so I met a really, uh, some really close people who actually still have my life today. But at that time, it, it was there was nothing to do in Chestermere, mm-hmm. nothing. And, you know, it there came still down. Isn't no, to like, Just... and Chestermere High School is outside of Chestermere. I don't oh, know if you know it? that. Yeah, know that. it's outside of Chestermere. We had to take the cheese wagon to get there. And um, it's a cheese wagon. It's a bus. <laughs> we had to take those, like, big yellow buses to school. And, and so pretty much. Well, the cheese wagon. Yeah. I get it. And so. I'm a little slow, Darcy. Don't make fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that was awesome as it was. But mm-hmm. um, so as soon as I turned 16, my dad was. Uh, such an amazing man. He let me drive his brand new truck. Um, oh, I have some. Thank you. Um, he let me drive his brand new truck and I was not that great with it. We, we smoked cigarettes in it and we smoked weed all the time in it. And so, you know, we, it became a pretty big habit of missing school because Mm -hmm. we would miss the day before. And then I'd be like, I can't go today because I didn't go yesterday. And, Mm -hmm. and then it was like every single day like that. Well, I haven't been in a week. Now I can't go back. Like I'm going to be in so much trouble. So I haven't been in a month. I shouldn't go for a month. That's exactly. It just ended up like going on longer and longer. And before I knew it, it had been three months since I attended a class and and I got kicked out of school, got kicked out in grade 11. It happens. Yeah. And I remember my mom and dad coming to the school and I I was terrified at how calm my mom was because mm. uh, that's when you know you're in shit, right? When there's silence. Yeah. Um, but she was actually pretty good about it. She just said, you know what? You don't want to go to school? Go out and get a job then because you're not living here for free. So you got to mm-hmm. get out and be able to support yourself and whatnot. So. Shortly after that, I moved out. Then I moved back in because I went back to school in grade 12 and I completed uh, my high school. But not not much had changed. It was still Mm -hmm. a lot of skipping class. And, you know, I went with the intention to go to all my classes, but it didn't necessarily end up that way. Either way, at least I graduated. So kudos to me. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) I think I was actually the only person in my family to graduate. Really? Yeah. Well, that double congratulations. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Um, So then after that, we, um, I moved out of Calgary. I lived out near uh, Red Deer for quite a few years. And uh, I was with somebody who was, same thing, just from a small town. It was nothing but drinking. 
Mm. So that's all they did was, you know, they they worked in the summer, which I did as well at a, a golf course and, and uh, at the place that I was staying and took the winter off basically to sled around and ice fish and drink all day was mm-hmm. was how that worked. And so it was a couple years like that. And, and it just got to the point where I I was drinking almost every day all the time at, at that point. Um, and so I had moved back to uh, Calgary after that and uh, had my own place. And again, the, the drinking kind of didn't really stop, even though I was by myself. I just mm. it became such a normal thing for me to be drinking every day. That's kind of just what I thought I was supposed to do. It's just how that happened. Yeah. And um, so fast forward a little bit, lots of drinking, lots of partying. Um, now I'm reaching the age of, you know, extreme maturity. We're talking like 28, 29 years old, and I'm still mm-hmm. living as if I'm 18. I'm partying at the bars all the time. I'm drinking. I'm doing drugs. Um, except now the drugs are getting a little heavier. So, you know, compared to I was, an, I was a daily weed smoker. That's something I did every day. Um, I was now getting into the cocaine. So that was a little, uh, it was, you know, I could stay up for days at this point and party. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to go to bed. Right. I didn't have to wake up with a hangover because I was up for days at a time. Yeah. And so there was no hangover involved. And um, I started at that point, I really started burning the friendships and the relationships around me. I started, you know, hanging out with people that I didn't really like, but they had drugs. And so I was more opt to be their friend as long as they were providing me with something that that would make me happy. And, you know, all throughout this whole this whole time, there was always something I I felt inside my heart that was missing. Like I was, I never, I wasn't like anybody else. Nobody else was like me. And I know that's kind of normal, but I just never really fit in anywhere. I mm-hmm. never, and so I tried to always be the life of the party because then people noticed me and people, you know, I was always the loudest one. I was always the craziest one. I was always, you know, doing insane things. And, you know, I look back now and I'm so extremely grateful to my higher power for having my back because there were so many times I put myself in jeopardizing situations that I'm a lucky to be alive today, mm. like extremely lucky. So kind of near the the uh, couple years go by again, now I'm into a little bit harder drugs. It's something I'm doing all the time. It's no longer just on weekends or whatever. It's like fitting into every day. Um, I have no idea how my rent was paid most of the time during those times. I couldn't keep a job, but somehow I was higher drunk every day. And I, I have no idea how that happened. Um, probably the, you know, using all the people that I was around just to get what I wanted. And so, um, a couple of years later, my dad was then diagnosed with ALS and it was very traumatic, I think, for like my whole family to see you know, this strong, healthy man just kind of dwindle away into like he weighed less than I did. And I was on drugs, people. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I was skin and bones at this point. And my dad was less than me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, by the time he had passed away and it was a quick progression, it was about 18 months. So from the day he died, he was diagnosed to like when he passed away. And so, you know, during that time, I I didn't do a lot of visiting with him. I didn't, uh, I, I was convincing myself that it wasn't happening. And rather than dealing with my feelings, I clouded them and drank them away and, you know, hid them with drugs and alcohol. And during that whole time, I was so extremely selfish in, in my mind that I didn't see him because I couldn't handle it. Mm-hmm. Needless to say, I mean, the man was was dying and he could not spend time with his family, mm-hmm. right? And and so I, that was a hard thing when I got into sobriety to accept that I had taken that from him during that time because I was just so selfish. I couldn't see past myself. Everything was about me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when my, and, and that's when the drugs really started. That's when I was, I was high on cocaine 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You know, I was drunk all the time. I was not taking care of myself, not taking care of my responsibilities. I, my friends, nothing, everybody just kind of started pulling back from me because, you know, I found out later is because they could not watch me Mm self-destruct. And at that time I was, I looked at it like, how could you do this to me? You guys are supposed to be my friends. And in my time of need, you're all walking away from me, you know, not realizing all of the things that they had done to try to help me that I just, I was so unreceptive at that point that it, I didn't even notice it really. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I learned later 
on um, in my recovery that those are the things I'm grateful for today. You know, that they were strong enough to walk away from me because it was some of those things that helped me make changes in my life. And if they hadn't have done those things, they were sticking around and enabling me to be how I was being, right? And so after my dad passed away, it was almost, this is gonna sound so terrible, it was almost a relief. and it was because he was no longer suffering. Yeah. And my mom at that point became a huge worry for me. And so still for about a year, I was still using and drinking after my dad passed away. And, um, you know, there was many times I drank and drove and many times that I did, uh, you know, again, things that could have jeopardized my life or others. And I don't know what it was about this one specific night, but... Um, I had been drinking out at a friend's place and I apparently went outside to smoke a joint and I never came back and, Hmm. and, and I was at home somehow. So that had never happened. I had never blacked out and not realized how I had made it home. That's one thing that, and so something about that scared me a little bit. And, um, I ended up getting into a huge argument with the guy that I was with at the time. And, you know, by the end of it, both of us were bleeding. It's 4.30 in the morning. The police are there. The ambulance is there. My mom had to drive in from car stairs, like the most embarrassing ordeal ever. And um, I like the matter of fact description. We're both bleeding. It it's was just the way it is. Uh, and that, <laughs> like, that has never really happened. Like, yeah. I, And I still like I was told what happened but after I was just like no you're just trying to make me to be the bad one that's Mm -hmm. I would never do that you know and I had to come to a reality at some point that no there's probably a potential that may or may not have happened okay so um but the next day I woke up at my mom's house because she took me um out to her place and I just I had had enough Mm -hmm. that was enough for me that was um February 19th, it was a Saturday night and February 20th was a Sunday. And that was the very first AA meeting that I ever went to. It was at the Parkdale Community Center and it was a speaker meeting Mm. and whom I- Sunday nights, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sunday night, eight o'clock. And I heard my sponsor speak for the very first time. So she was the speaker for the night and um, something she said just it it jived with me. Um, She was close in my age. I felt like I could really relate to her. Um, two nights later, I went to Northwest Calgary group, which has been, I guess what you would call like my home group for the Mm -hmm. beginning of my sobriety, because they had multiple meetings a week. So Mm -hmm. they had the Tuesday night, the Thursday night and the Saturday meetings. And so I asked her that Tuesday if she would sponsor me. And, and from there, she's still my sponsor today. She is absolutely amazing. Um, and I, never looked back. I think mm. from from that moment, I was kind of, I was just done. I, I didn't want to live my life like that anymore. I had burned so many bridges. I had hurt so many people that I truly love and care about and that have now beautifully found a way back into my life, mm. which is which is great. There's still those couple out there, the stragglers, I, I call them. You know, I don't know where they are. They absolutely, some of them refuse to talk to me. They're mm. like, you know, I've let this go. Like, I want nothing to do with it. Mm. Um, but that's where I work my program and I, and I give it to my higher power and I, and I share it with others and then I'm able to move past it as well. Mm. So, so pretty much from there, I, uh, I've done nothing but try to live my life completely differently. I, I try, I try to be more honest. It doesn't happen all the time. I'm still have a lot of fear of what people think. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, sometimes I, I have a hard time with that. Um, but I try to get out of myself more and, and be of service to others. So, you know, even in, in the new, um, you know, business crusade, mm-hmm. I mean, it is about helping others and, you know, and. Tell and us about your business. I, um, it's, it's just, uh. It's not just anything. It's your, <laughs> it's your business. Obviously you like it, right? I, I absolutely love my job on top of it. Like mm-hmm. on my daily job, um, I work for two amazing people and they, they're what inspired me to break out and kind of do something on my own as mm-hmm. well. And it and it's because I, I notice 
how hard they work in being like self-employed and the opportunities that it provides for their families. Mm. And, you know, I was sitting back and, and like my husband, literally, he's a mechanic and he literally works himself to the bone. Mm. And that's in a literal term. There are times yeah. he comes home mm. and I'm like, I think you should see a doctor about that. Because he's actually hurt himself. <laughs> yeah, he's like yeah. cut himself like really badly. And uh, so... Um, and I don't want that for him. You know, we we work with an elderly gentleman. The guy's 77 years old and he's still coming into work every single mm-hmm. day picking up a wrench. And I, I don't want that life for him. And I, I mean, I'm an accountant. I can really work from anywhere. I can do anything at any mm-hmm. time and, and, and I don't make, you know, bad money. But I wanted something that kind of provided freedom for both of us. And so I came across an opportunity. I have some friends that were doing it already where they um, were able to open an online business and they help others to do the same. And mm-hmm. so uh, they mentored me, showed me how, and now I'm trying to help others mm-hmm. to do the same thing. So it's just about creating some freedom for for me, for my husband. Yeah, he has kids, so my stepchildren, mm-hmm. um, so that we can kind of live the life that we want to live. We don't want to be stuck only going on holidays the you know two weeks a year that our employer allows us to, but kind of be able to travel whenever we want. Mm-hmm. And you know, knowing that I, I wasted so many years not living, I'm not going to waste anymore. Mm-hmm. So you know, one thing my dad did say you know, prior to him, I guess, losing his voice was to live every day like it's my last. And I truly try to honor my amend to him by doing that every day. Mm-hmm. So and that's like within my program, um, within my life, within, you know, my job, my friends, all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. it's been really good. It's It's been a bit hard. I met my husband in recovery. So I was <laughs> I was only a couple months sober. Oh, so we 13 stepped you. Yeah. Oh, all right. (laughs) I didn't even know this whole 13 step business at the time, but I learned it after and I was like, oh, I see what you're doing. Um, We actually (laughs) noticed each other at the gratitude roundup a couple years ago. And then so many creepy things come out of gratitude roundups. (laughs) Creepy stories. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we had a mutual friend and uh, he started. And then all of a sudden, my husband starts showing up at all these like meetings I was going to be, and I'd never seen him there before. Yeah. So there's a bit of creeping going on there, but <laughs> he was super sweet and persistent, and I'm grateful Stalkers he was. Stalkers are persistent yeah. and sweet sometimes, <laughs> eh? Like, yeah, well, at least he had to ask me my address. He doesn't, <laughs> just wasn't like, oh, I'll come pick you up, and I'll be like... So he didn't so, pretend to know it. He just, yeah. He was like, mm, I'll, yeah. I'll ask her and see how that yeah, goes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He was smooth. He was he Right was on. Smooth. He's pretty smooth. He seems like a pretty smooth character. <laughs> he is. Yeah. I'm super grateful for him. It's, it is nice having somebody who lives by the same principles as mm-hmm. I do. Um, I, I would... I think that's what I noticed about you guys right away was that, that you guys seem to match principles, right? Like, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, you, you, we always see couples who come together because maybe they're both like into sports or something similar mm-hmm. or whatever. But I, I think that's one of the things I noticed anyway. Yeah. We're like, actually very opposite to each other. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm more of an extrovert. He mm-hmm. is more of an introvert. And, yeah. you know, I, I can be very high energy and he kind of helps to keep me grounded and yeah. I can do the same for him, you know, when he needs to, there's a, there's a huge side to him that people don't get to see. And I'm super grateful that he decided to share that with me because, you know, a lot of people look at him and there's a stereotype there and immediately they're like, Ooh, you know, my girlfriend, I remember telling her, she's like, okay, tell me about this guy. You're obviously serious about him. And, mm-hmm. and then she said to me, she goes, okay, but Carly, really, can you trust a guy with neck tattoos? And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and you know, I know she was kidding. I know she loves me. And oh. so, you know, but it was that... It was that kind of stereotype and I see it with him all the time. And, yeah. you know, my heart really goes out to him because he is, he's just a big soft teddy bear if people really. Yeah. And know. he seems like a genuine, like just a nice guy. Like, he is. Yeah. He is. And, and a good guy though. Yeah. Right? And he's serious about his sobriety and, yeah. you know, like, I mean, his story is his own to tell, but. For sure. His, uh, it's, it's heartbreaking, uh, you know, to hear some of the things that he's been through and, you know, to come out on the other side and like. You know, where he from where he was at from the day that I met him to where he is at now or where we're both at now in life is like black and white. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, again, we were both kind of he had been sober longer than me, but I was like pretty new to recovery. But we we grow together in that sense. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we want a lot of the same things. And I didn't know I wanted those things until I became sober. My mind was so clouded that I didn't 
I just kept thinking about my next fix and like my next drink and like yeah. not necessarily to what I wanted future wise. And, you know, I live every day in the moment as much as I can, but I have goals these days and I'm achieving those goals, mm-hmm. which is huge. You know, I, I used to be that person who would start something and then leave it. Like if yeah. it got too hard, I was like, man, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to do something else. That's like a yeah. lot easier. Right. And I'll tell you, like, there is no easy road in recovery. Mm -hmm. You know, nothing good ever comes easy. It's a lot of hard work. But, you know, all those tendencies that I had before, ways that I would deal with situations are completely gone. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm in no way the same person that I was. And I think the real me is actually now allowed to come out and breathe and have Mm -hmm. a voice because... It was stuffed and held down according to like what other people thought of me or, you know, I always tried to fit in and do those things. And now, you know, and especially for my husband and my family, they encourage me to be the best me, me that mm-hmm. I can be. And and whoever that is, they support it. And I mean, I have some pretty crazy ideas, you know, and Pinterest. Tell us about them. We like- Pinterest. I should not be allowed on Pinterest because What's Pinterest. So I have no idea what that what? is. I will show you after, but is this amazing <laughs> app and it has all these do it yourself at home ideas and stuff. And so oh, I'll be looking one. and then EJ's like, "Ugh, are you on Pinterest again? You know, cause <laughs> yeah. I get all these crazy ideas, but you know, like, so is it like craft ideas? Yeah, is that what's it's on all there? kinds okay. of things. So, yeah. you know, and people are really like, Oh, where'd you see that? I'll be like, Oh, Pinterest, you know, cause they're like, Oh, I love what you did with the wall. And you know, and so when I get in there, EJ's like, like, cause he knows something's coming up and I'm like, Hey babe, yeah. like you want to, he's like, <laughs> you know, but he loves me and he, and he supports all these crazy, you know, ideas. And, and honestly, this, this business uh, required, you know, a, a, a big investment on our side and he was skeptical. He wasn't really down for it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but it wasn't, it wasn't about respecting the business. It was about respecting me. And he loved me mm-hmm. enough and respect me enough that he supported me. Yeah. And he's like, whatever you want to do. And that's, you know, part of his program. If it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to like hold any resentments. Like, go ahead and try to make it what you can make it. And now he's like, you know, checks coming in the mail. He's like, oh my gosh, this is actually like working like a mm-hmm. job. And, you know, and again, he's kind of, you know, pumping me up and stuff too. And and so I I, I just, I've never had that before. And, and mm-hmm. I don't know if it comes from, again, that we live by the same principles and that we, you know, want to be those people for each other too, but that we, we really rely on our higher power for things. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's not my higher power and, and AA is not my higher power. You know, I have my own own conception of that. And, you know, the, the people in my life and the program and stuff, those just help me along the way, mm-hmm. right? So so were you always spiritual, like before you came in? Like- um, no. My dad was raised Roman Catholic. Okay. My mom was more of like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Roman you know, Catholics. He was like raised, he went to school in a church with nuns and stuff. And when he got together with my mom, my mom was more like Baptist, atheist, mm. didn't really, you know, have a religion. Her her family's German. My dad's was Italian. They were just, it was very weird, even just the two of them coming mm. together. But uh so my parents didn't choose a religion. They allowed us to explore whatever it is that we wanted. Um, cool. But they did like teach us to believe in God and yeah. and that, you know, to love one another and, you know, don't steal, don't lie, mm. you know, do all the things that I did, right? Yeah. I was like, I'm going straight to hell. Don't do any of the things you're about to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Too late. Yeah, but it wasn't, uh, there wasn't, you know, religion or anything necessarily like forced down our throats or anything like that. And so... I was lucky coming into the program that I didn't have this, mm-hmm. like from a lot of people that I hear, they had this really uh, sour conception of, of God because yeah. it they were, it was, a, you know, kind of their childhoods. I was lucky that way because I was able to kind of explore whatever I wanted. And, you know, I dabbled a little bit in Buddhism and Hinduism and I, and I did a lot of like meditation and stuff like that, which obviously with our program, that's a big part. Mm-hmm. So, huge, you know, it helped that I kind of had a little bit um, of that prior and, and now I just, I, you know, I, I truly kind of just believe everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. I am about, you know, universal law. What I, what I put out there is what I get back. If I treat people like shit, I'm going to get treated like shit. If mm-hmm. I, you know, and I kind of always thought that I had really bad luck and I was like, God hates me. <laughs> I, all these terrible things are happening to me all the time. And, 
I realized after it was because of all the really crappy decisions that I was making, these were the crappy consequences of making mm -hmm. bad decisions. And now I, you know, making better decisions in my life, I don't have negative things coming in. Mm -hmm. And, and even when I do, I don't allow them to affect me in the way that I did before. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm able to just, it, they just kind of roll off my, my shoulders. There's not a lot to get mad about these days. Besides the toilet paper roll thing, okay. Um, yeah, we're not going to forget that. Yeah, just so you know. Oh my yeah. goodness! Did you hear that, honey? Toilet yeah. paper on the roll. Um, That's what she says, EJ. I, I don't care, man. I am like on the counter. Put it on the thing, wherever it fits. Yeah, right on the floor. It's like, why would you even put it? What else? No. Um, you know, but for for the most part, like I I, I live very peaceful these days. I. Like I said, not a lot really bothers me and I and I have the people around me and, and my conception of a higher power that does that for me. Right. Mm. So I'm I'm super grateful that the program is a spiritually based program and that it allows you to rely on something um, you know, larger than yourself. It it just lets me know that everything is happening for a reason and that when I try to take control, it never works out in my favor. Mm. And when when things are starting to kind of crash and burn a little bit, that's yeah. when I know I'm like, okay, I'm totally controlling this situation and I need to step back and just allow it to be whatever it's mm -hmm. gonna be. So I wouldn't I wouldn't act like that if it wasn't for this program. Yeah. Because I like to tell people what to do and you know, I like things my own way, kind of. So <laughs> <laughs> now I just have to You're all alone there too. Like right? nobody else in this room <laughs> likes that shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure. So Yeah, not one bit. <laughs> I bet like everybody can relate to that, I'm sure. Yeah. But so I just try to I find that when I yeah, just step back and let life be what it's gonna be. And now I just enjoy all of those little things and you know, when I when I came in, my sponsor had me write a daily gratitude list, and I used to hate it. And I was just like, "This is stupid. I don't really get the mm -hmm. point of this." And I'm like, "Oh, I'm grateful for my pillow and for my toothbrush." You know, mm -hmm. I was just very sarcastic around it, I guess. And when I actually started getting into it and doing it properly, um, and being honest about it, I found that all the things that I was grateful for mm -hmm. were all the things that I had before. My yeah. family, my friends, you know, I just wasn't grateful for them the way that I should have been mm -hmm. at the time. And so, you know, because of the program, I'm, I, I'd like to think, <laughs> nobody disagrees with this, um, you know, that I'm a lot better daughter and a better wife, a better sister, a better friend. Mm -hmm. I'm there for people. They can rely on me. They can count on me. Uh, when I say I'm going to do something, I try my damnedest to do it. And, um, you know, again, it's, it's just provided me a life that, I didn't think was possible. I didn't know that this is actually life. This is actually living. I thought I was mm -hmm. living the life before, you yeah. know, partying every day and doing all these things. And little did I know that <laughs> the world is a lot bigger than that. And uh, so, you yeah, know. Yeah, so you've done some traveling over the last year and a bit. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that? Because you're yeah, right, the world is a lot bigger than that. We we love traveling. I, every time I go to a third world country, I come back and I just want to sell everything we own. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and EJ's on board. He's like, yeah. you know, we we live with to see these people that live with absolutely nothing and how much joy they have in their hearts is insane. And yeah, I think that's it? one of the reasons I love to travel so much is I love to see other cultures and other mm. people and how they live and, you know, remind myself that when I come home, how fortunate I am to be yeah. able to have running water. I don't have to go to a pump in a, in a yard and pump it out for myself yeah. and, you know, things like that. And, and so we really, we really do. I loved Cuba. Um, food wasn't great. Bring salt and pepper if you go. <laughs> um, it was just a little bland. Really? Yeah. Bland? Oh, yeah. Like, was it a resort food? It was like even the local food. Really? Was, yeah, it was pretty bland. They're, they don't use a lot of flavor, which is not what you would think. I was kind of thinking yeah. like Cajun spices and yeah, no, don't go with any expectations around the food and you won't be disappointed. Yeah. Um, okay. but, I, I've uh, never been to Cuba, so. Beaches were absolutely amazing. The Atlantic Ocean, I'd never seen it before. That was my first time. It was phenomenal. It's a lot like the Caribbean. It was yeah. really beautiful. Yeah. And white sandy beaches. White and, sandy beaches, yeah. the whole nine yards. It was really nice there. I didn't get as good a tan as I would have liked but uh you know especially there's a downside there's clouds I know you know going with EJ like he tans in seconds like he is <laughs> he is he walks outside and he's tan yeah people thought he was a local they were talking yeah. to him in Spanish because he's wearing his little fedora and they're <laughs> like they were coming up to him and like thinking he was Cuban 
And it was great for Havana because we walked in some pretty sketchy places in yeah. Havana. And so they, were so like, they left you guys alone. Yeah, they were good. Yeah, because they thought I was like with the locals. So I was like, you know, yeah. this isn't so bad. Um, we just need to learn Spanish to like keep up this. Just tell facade, them when someone talks know? to them, just mumble. Yeah. Because <laughs> then they don't know what you're saying. Right, exactly. <laughs> we're just like, yeah. So that was another thing. We actually set a goal to learn Spanish because we do love traveling. And most of the places we've been so far is a, a lot of Spanish. And then, you know, in March, we went to Manzanillo. It's a beautiful place. It's very quiet. And where's that? It is on the Pacific side of Mexico. Okay. Uh, just down from Puerto Vallarta. It's about an hour from Puerto oh, Vallarta. Okay. So it's just a little, it's actually where Mex local Mexicans go to vacation. So oh, really? the, the hotel was um, filled with Mexican families over yeah. the weekend. So it was, it was good. It was a nice, quiet, I scuba dive for my first time. Oh, congrats. And yeah, EJ made fun of me because I was wearing my life jacket the whole time. <laughs> Were you like underwater wearing your life jacket? No, because you float on the top when you snorkel. Oh, snorkeling. Yeah, because, but I was like, if, at least if I have this life jacket, maybe a shark will be like less in Likely, tune to, yeah. Yeah, to yeah. want to like eat me and stuff. And so I had a big fear around that yeah. and especially like in the middle of the ocean doing it. And oh, that's, um, that's pretty daunting. Is it, it the first was, time? Yeah, what? Or no, I had done it one, like a long, long time ago, but yeah. I was drunk and don't really remember a lot of it. So Yeah, it's not the yeah, same. It's yeah. not the same at all. Not when you're uh, so It was like, I had liquid courage. And this time I was yeah. like, no, I don't want to get off the boat. Um, but <laughs> now I, you have life jacket courage. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, I can do this. And yeah. so, you know, EJ swimming around like a fish and there's me like with my life jacket and my goggles and stuff. But it was really great. And I got to hold the blowfish, which was really cool. You like touch them and they blow into this big ball yeah. and they fill with air and their teeth look like little angry birds. And <laughs> they're really, they're really kind of cool. They're slimy and stuff. But it was, angry birds. They do. They have like these little teeth that like look like an angry bird. It's Okay. Uh, nobody go out there and get blowfish and fling them out of slingshots. Don't do yeah, that. Yeah. No. <laughs> Like, oh, he birds. was so cute. I wanted to take him home, but yeah. it was really good. And it was nice that, honestly, that was my first trip sober. And I struggled getting on the bus. And I'd been sober for uh, about a year and a half at the time. And, yeah. you know, getting on the bus and they're handing out all these free cervezas. And me and EJ have like our bottles of water. And we're like, yeah. It is, it is interesting. <laughs> it was right? a little, yeah. it was a little weird, but after, you know, the first like couple hours, they have mm -hmm. amazing coffee there. I don't know if oh, oh yeah. Cuban coffee, coffee. Well, Mexican coffee we too. We like, yeah. you know, it's 30 above and we're drinking cappuccinos at like yeah. three o'clock in the afternoon. So it was really good that way. Um, so, so that was nice. And then, yeah, Manzanillo we did. And then, uh, this past November, we actually went on a trip with my mom. I've never been on a trip with my mom before. How'd that go? It was really good. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah. The weather did a little bit of toll on her, but, uh, we were in the Mayan Riviera. Okay. And so right outside of Playa del Carmen, um, we we're at this beautiful resort and the fish were literally like swimming around your feet. It was Cool and creepy all at the same time. Like, yeah. I, I was good as long as they didn't touch me. And then I was like, freaking out. Yeah. But it was cool to like look down and see these bright tropical fish like swimming around your feet and stuff. It, yeah. was, it was really nice. It was like hot tub water kind of to get into the oh, ocean. The Pacific Ocean? Uh, yeah, it, was I, the, it was the Caribbean. Oh, you're Caribbean. Yeah. And so Ooh. we, yeah, that's where we saw the Atlantic, Pacific and Caribbean all this year. Oh, so that's right. Yeah. So we want to take the kids back there. We went to this really cool place, Shalha and... uh you know, it's funny. It's like, cause I remember these vacations, you mm -hmm. know, prior when I took vacations, I don't remember a thing. I came back, yeah. you know, took 10 days to recover from my seven day vacation. And, uh, I don't really remember a lot of them. And, and I remember every point of all of these vacations and it's, it's, it's a good feeling to know that, you know, and isn't that cool? Yeah. It's, uh, it's it, enjoyable for sure. People are like, what did you do? And we have like a whole list of all these amazing little things we did instead of like, oh, I don't know. We sat around the hotel and drank. Yeah. Like, yeah. so we didn't really, it's nice to be able to like reflect on some of these things. And we took lots of pictures and we repelled actually so far. This I think was my favorite trip. One, because the ocean was amazing. Our hotel was really good. We had really great food. I went with really great people, my mom, and my husband, who I love yeah. to death. And um, we repelled into this cenote. Do you know what that is? It's no. like an underground cave. Oh. And it's got water on the bottom. And it was like 100 feet or something, yeah. 150 feet. And we repelled down into it, into the water. It was incredible. And uh, yeah. Get you out. 
Uh, there's stairs that you like oh, walk you, up and like oh, okay. walk through to get up to yeah. the top. But oh, okay. it was it was really cool That's doing cool. that. It was I was terrified. Um, but the first two people to go was like a five and six year old kid or something. Or there's seven. So then and you're eight, like, and I'm I just have like, to go. Yeah. yeah. Like, How dare you? You know. And I was like, if I don't go, I'm gonna look like yeah. these little kids showed me up, and they were like all for it. So. I put on my brave face and I did it. And and that's the thing is, you know, a lot of the stuff that I did before, it was like really crazy, irresponsible stuff. And it's because mm-hmm. I was drunk and I was just like, oh, this is going to be great. It's going to yeah. turn out fine, you know. And and now it's like I have to face my fears and I have to like have faith that I'm going to be OK and mm-hmm. that this is going to be amazing. And I'm, and I'm grateful I'm doing it because, again, we went snorkeling this time again, too. Yeah. And. It was some of the craziest snorkeling I've ever seen. The water was so clear. Mm-hmm. And he, my husband was diving down into the water and we were surrounded by these tropical fish. It was oh, cool. It was incredible. It was That's cool. So far the best snorkeling I've done. Yeah. And so, you know, this time I wasn't so scared. Again, I was fully life jacket equipped, but what you know, else? it was it was awesome. And then I didn't really have Protect to Protect yourself, man. Yeah. And I mean, it, you know, I was like, oh, well, what if I like drowned or something? But if you have a life jacket, life jacket on, you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. It's, I, it makes sense around. to wear it if you're not comfortable. And I mean, I don't know if you know the Caribbean, but it has a really high salt water content. Like the yeah. chances of you drowning are probably pretty, pretty low. Yeah. Because yeah. you're probably going to float. But whatever, you know? Yeah. So, but, but still, better yeah. safe than sorry. Yeah. So in the last like, you know, year and a half, those are the trips we've taken so far. And, cool. you know, we have a lot more planned. We want to go to Costa Rica and Guatemala. Mala, Nicaragua. Mm-hmm. We want to try the Bahamas. Yep. We're taking the kids again in uh, December out to uh, the same place we just went, actually, into the Mayan. Mm-hmm. And okay. so, yeah, we have a lot of plans. And I just like look at my life now, and you know, to think back almost three years ago, because uh, I guess yeah, February twentieth will yeah, be will three be years. Three years. So nice. you know, to look Good back, it's like. I could I just never imagined, you know, at that point in my life too, I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to be alone forever and I'm just never <laughs> yeah. going to get married and I'm never going to have kids and let alone, you know, a year later, I have three beautiful stepchildren. Mm-hmm. I have an amazing husband. I have an amazing life and it's, and it's all because of that one moment in, in my life where I didn't fight my feelings and mm-hmm. I was like, I need help. Yeah. You know, and I reached out and I got it as scared yeah. as it was. And as frightening as it was to walk into the room, the minute I walked in, I felt like home. They yeah. were so welcoming and everybody, it was, it was crazy for me to think that people that I'd known for 20 years that were supposed to be, you know, some of my best friends, mm-hmm. the minute I got into recovery, I never heard a word from. Really? Yeah. And the other ones that are super close to me have always loved and supported me uh, through yeah. that. I have a couple of close girlfriends that I've known for a long time that that were really on board with it and were like, it's about time, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but to know that, you know, those people that I had known for so long really didn't care about me. And yeah. I came into a room full of a bunch of strangers that cared more about my well-being than I did. Mm-hmm. And that was that was a huge like heart rent I, I can't even explain the feeling that it gave my heart mm. and it finally for the first time in a long time felt some love and some hope and some joy yeah and so I kept coming back so I want that to get bigger you know yeah so. I appreciate that because you know sometimes like as the years go by people you can we can lose our love for that right like mm-hmm. we can lose our love for the fellowship a little bit because we start to get to know the fellowship a little bit deeper mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so of course when you start to get to know people mm-hmm. more than you knew in the beginning, yeah, you know, things change, right? Like mm-hmm. the, but the one thing that hasn't changed is when you were just describing that, um, is I remember that feeling too. I remember walking in, even though I walked into a really shitty place, like yeah. a shitty room that was notoriously shitty, like <laughs> to the point where my like psychotherapist was like, you shouldn't go to that room yeah. anymore. Like it was your old garnet in Kensington. Oh yeah, yeah. But I like, I loved it. It's exactly what I needed, mm-hmm. right? Like I walked in there and I felt I've never I had never felt that welcome. <laughs> the one down the street from here is not much better. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> like what when I, I when I, know, I walked in there the first the time. I was just like, oh yeah. my gosh, like it's it's yeah. pretty rough. But you know, like there's a long t- lot of long term sobriety yeah. in that room, and you know, 
uh, my husband actually, because his mom was in recovery for oh, 40 okay. years. Yeah. Um, there's pictures of him as a kid at Christmas on the walls. Was there? there? Yeah. Oh. There still is now, yeah. It's in the new one. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to have to look now. Yeah, I, yeah if you I, go where they put the books and you yeah. look up on the top, there's pictures of him as a kid. That's awesome. Yeah. I did not know that. that yeah. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't have known it was him, but... Yeah, yeah. He looks different now. I'm like, yeah, I still can't really tell it's him, but he (laughs) says it's him, so I believe him. Um, You know, but yeah, just to know, like, yeah, that was, I didn't really know how to feel about that originally, but you know, to me, it's, it's all the same. But it was the same as when you walked into that room for yourself, right? Like that same feeling. And that was kind of like the, the straw that kept me from drinking. Yeah. Right. Was the fact that I'd never felt so welcome yeah. by a bunch of people I wouldn't have drank with. Yeah. I guarantee. Exactly. And I tell them that all the time. I'm like, I wouldn't yeah. have drank with you. Motherfuckers. Yeah. There's no way. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, I noticed too, like I, I want people to feel like that. And yeah. I told my mom, like, and I've had people ask me, they're like, why do you go to meetings? Like, what's the point of that? And I said, trust mm-hmm. me, I don't want to like go and listen to a bunch of people's problems. Um, but I have to, that's what mm-hmm. keeps me sober. And that has changed for me. Like yeah. the more, the more I go, the more I want to hear, the yeah. more I want to be able to, again, feel that I relate to people and people understand me and, you know, kind of that feeling that it's, it has been my whole life, but on a healthier level now, yeah. you know, and, and I want to be able to help other people. I want them to, to hear my story and hear my things because that's what kept me in the rooms was hearing other people's. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if I was to quit going to meetings, um, you know, I wouldn't suggest that for anybody ever, but it, you know, yeah, it's not a, it's not a recommendation. That's no. For sure. And, yeah. and it, it was like, Oh, I don't want to be going to these meetings for the rest of my <laughs> life. Like, hello, Friday night in Soberville here. This is, <laughs> You know, I was like, my she life. She says on a Saturday night in a church, right? A recovery podcast. Hey, we were at bingo last night. <laughs> were you? Yeah, we had this newfound love for bingo. Sweet. And it's like we're like the youngest people in the place, you know. And we actually went. When was it? Last the youngest weekend. and the soberest. Yeah, right. We go. We went last weekend. My husband's like, well, let's like go on a date. Let's find something to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. And so he suggested bingo. So I'm like, sure, why not? That little bugger won twice. <laughs> and it was just like enough to basically cover the money we had spent and yeah. just a little bit to take home. And it was like, I mean, bingo's super cheap. And so we're like, oh, it's a, a good way to go. And so, mm-hmm. you know, Friday night, we're like, <laughs> we had a friend from Spratty come with us. He's like, this is what our life has come down to, you know, as he's dobbing and we're bingoing. But, you know, it, it is. And, and you know, I, I remember coming in and saying to my sponsor, I'm like, oh, my God, my life is over. Like. I'm never going to be able to go golfing again. I'm never going to be able to go rafting or camping. Mm-hmm. And she's like, <clears throat> you do know those are all sober like events, right? Yeah. Like children's birthday parties and things like that. Like <laughs> they're meant to be sober. I'm like, oh. I don't man. think she's telling you the truth. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I don't think so. Right? I was just like, what do you mean? Like, I thought Slurpees were made to have vodka in them. Like I thought that was the point of a Slurpee. Or Isn't like, there like fine print under the Slurpee prices that says must have contain alcohol? You know, if they're uh, right. <laughs> I And so, you know, I've recently found out that camping is actually a lot funner sober and I wake up with less bruises, which is always usually a good thing. And, yeah. and you know, me and my husband, we have a, a four wheel drive uh, Jeep that we take out. We've decked all out. We take it out almost every it's weekend in the summertime. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it was weird. Cause you know, this past summer, just me and him went out. It was right at the beginning of the year. I think it was right after May long. Um, and you, when so you there go, there's still ice and snow on the ground. Yeah. Um, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> it wasn't too bad. Into June. I think it was like rain. I just remember it being really muddy. And was it? Yeah. And so we were like, okay, let's not go crazy because we're alone. So we yeah. have nobody to pull us out if we like get stuck. And we ended up like running into some people on a trail and they're like, they had a Jeep as well. And they're like, oh, well, why don't you just like tag along with us? And the more we got to know them, they're still friends of ours today. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, they're in business with me as well. Mm-hmm. And they're sober, they don't drink. Cool. And and they're not involved in the program, but they just, they choose in their life to just not have alcohol involved. Mm-hmm. So it was really crazy to see that, you know, what you put out there is what you attract. This is the way we live our it's lives. Fair, and yeah. now we're starting to meet people who, because apparently like 80% of the population doesn't drink every day. I don't know if you know this, but I was like. I had no idea. You know, yeah. when I was telling somebody, I was like, it's so crazy. I met somebody that doesn't drink. And she's like, well, why is that crazy? You know, well, because all my a lot of people drink. aren't alcoholics, Carly, right? Lies. You know, exactly. Because all the people I had in my life before live my life the same or their yeah. lives the same way as I did. And so, you know, to even 
fathom that there's probably a, a larger percent of the population that doesn't consume alcohol on mm-hmm. a daily basis is still foreign to me. Three years sober, and I'm like, that doesn't make sense to me, right? Like yep. it's because it's so socially acceptable nowadays, and mm-hmm. it's like it's really changed a lot even in the last three years that I've been in sobriety, and and you know so. <laughs> so now it's like, oh, okay, well, I guess that makes sense. Not everybody's no follower. <laughs> you know, but it, it was nice to know that. It's just a rather small percentage of us. Actually. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, compared to the normies. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Hmm. Normies. Yeah, normies. How you doing over there, normie? I'm doing great. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, so it was, uh, it's kind of nice that now we have, you know, some people in our lives that we're like, we, we want to have like a games night. We have like a games night at our house where we play like board games. Do you do like once a week? You do games. We night haven't or? done it yet because we don't actually have any board games that aren't for like six <laughs> and over. So yeah. we need to go and and find some adult games. But we do want to have one. We want to yeah. like try to do that once a month maybe and have some people come That'd over be and awesome. just like Cards Against Humanity apparently is a crowd draw. Uh it, it's pretty good. We I've played it played at a friend's so. house. Yeah, yeah, that one's pretty good. And uh, we played a couple other ones like the new Monopoly. <laughs> Cheaters edition? Really? Go figure. That's my favorite game, right? It's like, yeah, you have to, you have to, it gives you like these little cheater cards and you have to try and cheat without getting caught. And if you get caught, then you get penalized. And if you like win, do yeah. it, then you, yeah. You know. So they just basically made what I was doing with Monopoly forever yeah. a game. Ex- exactly. Yeah. Because we were always cheating. You I'm know, I, sure. I was surprised to see, like I learned new things about my husband during that game, you know, I was like, wow, you were like a master thief. Like yeah. the end of the game, he had every 500 in the deck. And I'm like, yeah. how did you get all those? You know, I ended up winning and it's like. He's uh, like, every time you weren't looking, I took it. That's exactly <laughs> his. Exactly what that was do. exactly what he said, you know, and it's like, and you actually have to pass around the money to each person during their yeah. turn. So it's like. So you're so busy, like trying to focus on what everybody's doing that you don't really you get lost. And yeah. it was actually a great game. I loved it. It was good. Sounds kind of fun, actually. right? Yeah. So what's the other one? Um, we played a what is it? Called? A list of things. Okay. And somehow, like rails comes up continuously in that game. That's like, like doing rails. Well, yeah. It's like it's like it's <laughs> like, like things that you wouldn't do with the queen at dinner, and it's like dessert rails. Or like dinner rails or like big rails, you know, somehow. I'm pretty sure that's because you were playing with people like us. Seriously. And it was like somehow rails came into like every one of the things. And it was, it was a totally awesome game. It was super fun. So we liked that one too. (laughs) That sounds pretty good. Yeah, it was a good one. It's called List of Things. List of Things. Yeah. Okay. Because the only game we have is Scrabble and Heather just kicks the shit out of me every time. Right? Right? Like a a non-drinking. Ooh, a non-drinking drunkards game. Uh, (laughs) That only drunks would understand, right? Normie people couldn't play this game. It's for the fall down in all of you. (laughs) Right? Be like, sorry, you're a normie. You won't get it. You won't understand how to play. You won't understand because this is all about falling down, damn it. (laughs) Right? Oh my gosh, I love it. That's genius. I'm patenting that idea right now. Everybody can hear me. You should put your name on that. Right? Carly Poitras stamped. There we go. Claimed. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> is there is there anything else you want to talk about? No, I just want to thank you for having me on and for uh, yeah asking me to come here and listening to my story. And oh, I'm I so really, glad you came. I and... really appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, and that we absolutely love the photos. Okay. <laughs> The problem is here is that I'm really lazy sometimes, and I haven't actually edited any of them to get them online, and so. We did not hate them. Okay. okay. I'm so glad to hear you. I, I was so <laughs> glad when you guys said that because honestly, for the whole year, yeah. I was like dreading talking to you about it. I was like, no, I don't want to send a message because I don't want to make it sound like a big deal because <coughs> it's probably not a big deal. And I'm probably oversensitive because I've never taken pictures before that, your wedding. Mm-hmm. That was the first time I took like a bunch of photos of people that actually meant something to me. So uh-huh. I was like... Oh my God, I hope I don't screw it up. And then I didn't hear anything back hey, I really, about the photos. Yeah. We see each other all the time. Yeah. And I'm just like, they just keep not mentioning it. Oh, oh my God. gosh. It's because they don't want me to feel bad. You're such an alcoholic. I know. Um, no, I know. It, honestly, like we even just took some like family photos. Yeah. And yeah, 
haven't printed a picture. Yeah. Like they haven't seen them online. This is probably two months ago. I don't know what it is, yeah. but I have a hard time like getting in front of the computer <laughs> to actually do it yeah. uh, with everything that's like going on in life. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's been over a year that we've been married and not one wedding picture has I, been posted online. I'm so bad. Well, and oh I feel, I feel so bad because I should have edited those for you. Like I should have done, offered to do that for no, you, and honestly, I didn't. Uh, like, there's, and the thing is, it's like looking through them. Not a lot actually has to be done. It's oh, a matter good. of picking the ones that, you like that I best. want. Yeah. And I mean, you took 2,500 photos. I don't know if you know that. I had no idea. Yeah, 2,500 photos. <laughs> well, I was trying, because I didn't know what yeah. I was doing. That's obviously why I took so many. Yeah. But it was like trying to figure out the settings um, like the speed shots when they're, when you're walking and yeah. stuff. Cause I wanted to get some good ones for you guys. You did. And I, I was going off of my memory of Instagram wedding, for, like from the photographers that yeah. I, I follow. Pinterest. You should check out Pinterest. No, they have great ideas. <laughs> check out Pinterest. <laughs> but the good news about that is for any, for Heather, if she's listening, when she does listen is that I, she knows I'm not creative. She knows I will like st- sit down at a craft and be like, all right, I'm going to watch uh, The Walking Dead. I'm just going to go ahead because my brain, like, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Because I love taking photographs. and. I was going to say, I didn't see that at all in, in the photographs you had taken. There was a reason that we we asked you and, and you know, chose you to do it. And I'm so grateful that we did because they, <sighs> they did. They turned out beautiful. I'm so glad to hear that. Now I knew, like, now I'm like, I got to get them on there. You know, like this is part of my, it's like my it's mission like, for this month is to get them on there. He's not going to make it out of January unless yeah. I post these pictures. He's not going to make it. I the thing is, is I'm going to be posting them now from like our wedding like a year and a half ago. It was like the skipping school thing, you know, yeah. once I skipped them one day, yeah. I couldn't go the next day. And now it's like, they're just never going to be on Facebook. That's okay? right. You're going to post gonna them? Email them to you privately. So you yeah. And people are going to be like, did you guys get married again? Yeah. Right. Because you know, that's what happens. Oh my gosh. I'd be like, yeah. Yeah, it was a friend of mine. She she just posted uh, that she was in a relationship, but she's been in a relationship with this guy for like five years. Ah. But Facebook just asked her about it. So she put it on there and then everybody was like, I, I thought you were with so-and-so. And you could tell that she was yeah. getting asked this on the side like, yeah. because she came out and posted and said, I don't know why Facebook fucking did this. Yeah. It's the same guy, but now yeah. I'm in shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now she's in trouble because the guy's like, are you in another fucking relationship? He was just kidding. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Facebook, eh? Right. Yeah. So it's you'll like, put the pictures on. Yeah. And it's like, if it didn't happen on Facebook, it's not real. Didn't right? Happen. So it's like, we never got married. We, I have to post it. I never took that photos. to actually yeah. like happen. Yeah. So, uh, I'm just so I'll glad. make sure that I. No, I don't care if you post them ever. It's just, I'm just glad you guys liked them. Yeah. That's they're all beautiful. that matters to me. Yeah. Really. That's all. Yeah. And they were about. really just for us. So I mean, yeah. we're. I love them. Good. And I keep like talking about this huge like family photo wall and EJ's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, we'll see. I'm like, no, but look on Pinterest. Like this yeah. one looks beautiful. And he's like, oh God. <laughs> but speaking of photos, cause you, you do take some good photos, right? So, and you take lots of photos. Do you still do it? Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I thought yeah. you were still I, doing that. Yeah, I try to. Okay. Are you interested in like print stuff? Like printing your photos and. Uh, I've never thought about it. Okay. Well, if you are. If you are interested, there is a place that I go, a guy yeah. that I go to, and he's really good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So good to know. I was just gonna go to like mixtiles.com. Well, you can you can do all that stuff too, but I I, I didn't I don't know enough about it. So like I, I was gonna go to Walmart and get them yeah. printed off because it's just probably That's the same. That's kind of what I was thinking. It's probably the same pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Except for the quality of paper, obviously. Yeah. And what this guy uses is just quality stuff. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah. Okay, cool. It's uh Chad from Lucky You Design. Hey, we still got that blank. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and so what's your website again? It is www.adestinationlifestyle.com. So you nice. can go on, you can register for a complimentary webinar and it just explains a little bit about the business and stuff. And it's live and interactive. So you can ask questions and yeah, really? if you're interested, you can go ahead and take a look and see what you think and let me know. Cool. Cool, yeah, check it out. She's a wicked lady and Thank got you. a wicked family Thank too, you. yeah. And that was a thing. Uh, before we close, I just wanted to say, you guys, I did. I saw two kindred spirits. Thank you. Yeah, it was nice to be at your wedding. I really appreciate that. I loved having you there. And cool. So did DJ, so thank you. Right on. I'm glad. Thank, thank you, you very much. Thank you. All right. We would like to remind you that the opinions shared are those of the individuals and not representative of Freedom's Path Recovery Society or any other affiliation we may share with organizations or individuals. 
Thank you, Wild Rose United Church, for your open-hearted giving to the community at large in a multitude of ways. You have graciously provided space and love for us to work within, and we cannot thank the staff, volunteers, and members of the church enough for all that they do each and every day. Thank you again, Darcy Robinson. As usual, your work is incredible. Thanks for donating it to us. I am not here without each of our board of directors, Trent Baker, Todd Deer, Christine Pimiskern, Heather Morijo, Wayne Lurie, and John James. To all of the individuals who graciously donate their money and time to helping Freedom's Path become a society and now a charity, thank you. Who is Freedom's Path? We work directly with individuals and families struggling and suffering from, with addiction of all types, mental illness, codependency, and a multitude of difficulties humans bring forward as they attempt to make life-altering changes. If you are interested in attending our upcoming or future groups, being a guest on the podcast, or looking to make a donation or help in some other way, please contact us through our website, www.freedomspathrecoverysociety.ca, or find us on Facebook at Freedoms Path Recovery Society. If you are close to giving up, regardless of what your difficulty might be, please reach out to someone. You can always give up tomorrow, or maybe you won't have to. To anyone listening, Imagine that your voice might be the only one someone hears inside their darkness. What is it you would like to say? As for me, I'm David Lurie, and I wish you all the best, wherever you are. Be safe and try to have some fun, because our time here is quite limited after all. <laughs>